0: Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of the First in Orange podcast. This is Denver Post sports writer Kyle Newman, joined by my colleague Ryan O'Halloran. And we are talking Broncos offensive needs heading into the NFL draft later this week. So, I mean, quite quite a bit to address here, Ryan, but we'll just start off, you know, right off the top. What are your thoughts on how George Payton can immediately help Drew Locke or whoever it is at quarterback heading into the 2021 season when obviously he's already made a lot of free agencies and re-signing moves on the defensive side of the ball.
1: Yeah, and outside outside of quarterback, you can say the other 10 spots on, on the starting lineup are locked in and then some of the backups. So outside of quarterback and maybe a day three running back who can play some third down stuff, I don't see a lot of needs on this offense right now. You know, Peyton mentioned during his pre-draft availability that he wants to add some depth and competition at guard and tackle on the offensive line. Okay. That's, you know, rounds three through seven. You know, the key is if you have to move up for a quarterback, even if it's two spots, you're going to have to give up something and probably your second round pick. So that would, that would impact what you do offensively later in the draft. So, uh, if if the Broncos go defense in round one, I I think they could go defense in round two, three, or uh,
0: that's just where the needs are
1: for right now, and that's where the needs are looking ahead to twenty twenty two.
0: So we'll break it down here, position by position, on the first and Orange podcast, and Kyle Newman alongside Ryan O'Halloran. We'll talk. We'll start with the position, of course, everyone wants to know about, and I believe what six of the twenty some questions towards Peyton at the presser on Thursday were about this position that of course is quarterback so they got Locke Brett Rippon and Jeff Driscoll under contract and of course three straight or three starting quarterbacks in 2020 for the second consecutive year so a little bit of a carousel there and and granted Locke's injuries had something to do with that but uh, what do you think the outlook is here heading into the draft because you know I know we talked about this last week kind of previewing Will the Broncos take a QB, Fields, Lance, et cetera, at, n- at number nine or higher? I mean,
1: there's, this, there's just too much smoke there to ignore their interest. Uh, you know, George Payton, the new GM, attended the first pro days for Field and Lance. He also went to Zach Wilson at BYU. Last week or two weeks ago, Pat Sherman, the offensive coordinator, he went to the second pro days for Fields and Lance. You don't do that. The, as a smokescreen, because you're picking number nine. There's no reason to do that. So there is interest. The, the, the issue is, okay, which one do you prefer if both are there? Which one would you trade up for to make sure you get? Uh, to me, I think that would be Fields. I think he would be, he'd be uh, ready to play quicker. That sounds right. Whereas Lance would need some seasoning. Here's the, th- here's the rub for me is, let's say you draft Justin Fields. He's going to need a veteran mentor. Drew Locke is not that guy. That's not his fault. He's still a young guy. So let's say you trade from 9 to 7 to Detroit. Do you include Drew Locke in that deal? Uh, I would I would make it a part of that deal because you, by drafting Fields or Lance, you were moving on from the Drew Locke era.
0: That yeah, said, you don't make a play for Fields or Lance and then... Keep Locke, especially if you can trade them and and you know lessen the cost. Essentially, yeah, you to- could
1: you could you could keep your third rounder by including him, and you know they're going to add a veteran either way. Uh, to either challenge Locke or mentor Fields and be that bridge quarterback. He has a Teddy Bridgewater, Nick Foles, etc. I mean, it's not going to move the needle, but from a Broncos fans perspective, if you're going into training camp with the top three of Teddy Bridgewater, Justin Fields, and, and, and Brett Ripon, I think that would excite people. And selfishly, drafting a quarterback in the top 10 would be good for the business of the Denver Post. Period.
0: And <laughs> I think there would be some readerships. Hopefully some subscribers. Hey, DenverPost.com. Slash subscribe. Exactly. I'm not sure if that's it, actually, but you should subscribe. So head online, just Google it, and give us a su- subscription. Because, yes, we will be providing uh, excellent coverage here throughout the rest of the week and, of course, on draft weekend. Uh, any final thoughts on co- the quarterbacks before yeah, we move on? Yeah, just
1: looking at I mean, Trevor Lawrence obviously going number one in Jacksonville. I think Justin Fields should be ranked higher than Zach Wilson, but Zach Wilson's going to go number two to be uh, to the Jets from BYU.
0: I'm very puzzled by his rank. I just I'm not that high on yeah, him. Yeah, it's a, you
1: know? a one year wonder. Um, he he didn't play. He didn't play the type of competition that BYU was scheduled to play pre pandemic. They were going to be they're an independent. They would right. play like Pac-12, Big Ten, SEC. Thirty three touchdowns and three interceptions is tough to look away from. Uh, Trey Lance I think is. Could have has a chance to be fantastic, but he'll take some time. You know, let's go to that second wave. You know, is it a Kyle Trask from Florida, Kellen Mann from Texas A&M, Davis Mills from Stanford? I mean, there is a big, big fall off. Let's put it that way. So if you're the Broncos, if you don't take one of those, uh, if you don't take one of the two you know, between Fields and Lance, to me it's, okay, just wait till next year. Get a veteran.
0: Maybe, hey, he, maybe he beats out Locke. First, in Orange Podcast: Ryan O'Halloran, Kyle Newman, talking Broncos offensive needs ahead of the 2021 NFL Draft.
1: You know, let's, you know, let's go. I'm going to turn the tables, and, and you're going to handle this one is tight ends. Um, right now, the Broncos have Noah Fant, Alberto, Austin Fort under under contract. Andrew Beck is, I think, is more of a fullback than a tight end, but they released Nick Vinet, who is sort of their inline blocker. Um, if you got your top 10 pulled up, you know, after Kyle Pitts, who I think is just a complete nuclear weapon, he's a generational player potentially, you know, what do you make of the tight end group?
0: Yeah. So most pundits got Kyle Pitts as the number two overall prospect behind Trevor Lawrence, of course, expected to go number one overall. So Kyle Pitts, he's a freak show. Broncos are not going to have any chance of getting them. But beyond that, you know, there's some intriguing prospects, to be honest. And Like you said, they've parted ways from some guys. They still got Noah Fant. They still got Albert O. You know, headlining things. But to add another guy into the fold certainly wouldn't hurt. Uh, Personally, out of you know the top ten board I got on DenverPost.com, I like Miami's Brevin Jordan. I like uh, Notre Dame's Tommy Trimble, even though he's a little underrated compared to some of the other guys.
1: Trimble's been connected to the Broncos via Zoom interviews.
0: And Zoom interviews never lie, right?
1: That means they. That means they know his name and they know his height and weight. Hey. he would be the blocking guy, wouldn't he?
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, you look at his stats. He only had 35 catches for 401 yards in his career, but he's a he's a pretty seasoned blocker, especially comparative to maybe some of these other guys uh, like Trey McKitty from Georgia, who also is, has generated some hype. So, you know, there's some guys on the board, but it's it's just it's not a terribly um, deep. Tight end class beyond, of course, the generational guy in Kyle Pitts, and that
1: and that falls in line. It's good for the Broncos because they feel like with Fant and, and, and Albert O coming off his ACL, they have two very good pass catching options. And if you're if you're Pat Shermer and Vic Fangio and George Payton, they're probably asking themselves the question of: Can Fant do enough as a blocker to get by? Probably so. He probably you know he was probably better in year two than year one, but um, I think you know, once the draft ends. You'll see some veterans hit the market. I think that's the route they'll go to get a guy who's more of a block first, block second, block third, and then you know, can add a little bit of receiving help down the line.
0: First in Orange podcast, Ryan O'Halloran, Kyle Newman. We're talking Bronco's offensive needs ahead of the NFL draft later this week. Bronco's nine overall picks, of course, number nine overall, and then one in each of the first six rounds, three in the seventh. So George Payton got some got some stuff to play with here. Uh, going into the draft, and we'll move now to the offensive line, where starting five looks solidified. Of course, we thought that, pending into last season, things can change, but for now, the starting five looks solidified. But you wrote, Ryan, that drafting a future right tackle might make some sense for Denver.
1: It does, and you know, right now the five starters are locked in with Garrett Bowles, Dalton Reisner, Lloyd Cushenberry, Graham Glasgow, and Juwan James. You know, um, you,
0: sure, I, jo- you sure about Chuan James?
1: And that was going to be my follow-up. Is is uh, George Payton said that James is back at the facility. You know, he knows he knows this is it. Hey, you got to show up. You got to be ready to go. Got to be healthy. Yeah, and his contract states they got to give him a shot this year. So it's his job to lose. If he stays healthy, if he plays okay, that's his spot. All right, that's said. All bets are off this time next year. And uh, I and here's the other thing. Calvin Anderson right now is their backup swing tackle. He's only played left tackle. He's only played one game in the NFL. Maybe you want to get a guy who is more of a right tackle, and he can compete for be the swing guy, be active on game days, and then get him ready. You know, Tell Mike Munchak, take him into the lab like you did with Calvin Anderson last year and Natane Mute last year, and get him ready to play. And I think there's going to be some value after the first round. I mean, the top two guys are Panay Sewell and Rashawn Slater. I think Swole is going to slide, so somebody should get some good value there. But you're know, looking at the day two. You got um, Alex Leverwood, played tackle at Alabama, probably a guard in the NFL. But Spencer Brown from Northern Iowa, Dylan Radens from North Dakota State, both uh, experienced tackles. Uh, Liam Eichenberg from Notre Dame, a left tackle for the Irish. So I don't think that'll be on the radar of the Broncos in the round in the second round, but. But maybe round three, round four, if they have an extra pick or two through trades, they uh, will look to add some depth and competition there.
0: Certainly, like you said, that backup swing tackle, a role Elijah Wilkinson played the last couple of years and, of course, emerged as a starter because of injuries, opt-outs, et cetera, the last couple of years. So he departed to Chicago. Broncos now may or may not fill that void come here this weekend. Uh, any other thoughts on the O-line before we
1: um, I do think I do think they will add – a tackle before a guard because they should, they feel pretty good about Mute is your backup guard. You know, the question is, okay, who's your backup center? Is it a Patrick Morris? Is it an Austin Schlotman? Uh, What they want to do is they want to add some, they want to add some guys in the mix and let them slug it out during training camp, and during those three preseason games, which I expect they'll have.
0: First in orange podcast, Ryan O'Halloran, Kyle Newman, Ryan, what do you think next? What do you, what do we want to talk? Well, let's go, let's go running back. Let's go running
1: backs. And, um, as you uh, mentioned, who uh, is there? I'll pull up my story, which hasn't run in the paper yet, so I got to pull a little up the file. But sneak preview. I do think there are going to be uh, in the mix for a, a running back that can play some third down for a couple reasons: Melvin Gordon final year of his contract, Royce Freeman final year of his contract, uh, Philip Lindsay, as popular as he was here, he was not a third down guy. Um, Struggle in pass protection, struggle as a receiver. So, and here's the other thing, Melvin Gordon has never, has only been a workhorse guy one time in his career. And so you gotta find somebody that, A, can catch it, can pass protect, but also maybe be a change of pace guy. And, uh, you know, the top guy is, I have the top guy is Travis Etienne from Clemson. You know, he had 686 carries, which is a lot in college, a lot of tread on his tires, but he had 102 catches. Probably not in the first round. Najee Harris may go in the first round to a team like Miami, who has two first round picks, so they can, you know, maybe reach a little bit. But as you go into day three, that's where I think the running back would be on the on the radar, of the Broncos. And you know, one guy I like is Kenneth Gainwell from Memphis. He's 5'8, but he only has one year where he really carried a lot, so he'll be fresh. The 5'8 thing is really small. And can he hold up against edge rushers? Can
0: he chip, etc.? Um, and the Broncos, you know, and we've seen in the past couple of seasons. Hey, they as a position that is not of serious need, they might just wait it out and try and sign some guys after the draft, a la Philip Lindsay yeah. and, and some Jeremy Cox, et cetera.
1: Yeah, and that's that. That is a consideration. And you know, I really like Michael Carter from North Carolina. We had him in Sunday's paper. I don't think he's going to be. He's he's going to drop fall enough for the Broncos to be interested, but. You know, uh, Trey Sermon from Ohio State, six foot two fifteen. Chuba Hubbard, six foot two ten from Oklahoma State. So, either day three or, as you mentioned, undrafted free agency. You know, right now they just don't have a lot of running backs under contract, so they need to add some camp bodies at the very least, and maybe one of those guys emerges uh, to win a roster spot. But this, uh, I wouldn't give up on Royce Freeman. I mean, he had no receiving experience at Oregon when he came here. Remember, he is a third round pick. He started the first half of that rookie year when Phillips Lindsay was a backup. Maybe Royce gets a, you know, a little bit of a, a second life here with the Broncos going into his contract year. But uh, it's you know on the need scale, it's it's well below what their major needs are. But I do think they will take a running back, maybe with one of those three seventh round picks.
0: Final one here on the first storage podcast, breaking down the wideouts. And of course, Broncos have Cortland Sutton coming back off an ACL injury that cost them basically all last season. Uh, And they've got a pretty talented cast around him. Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler entering their second seasons. Judy especially showing some promise over the second half of 2020. And then don't forget about Tim Patrick too, who did a pretty adequate job in in Sutton's place last year. And I expect him to uh, also be a a consideration and a factor this year in the offense.
1: Yeah, I mean, in Saturday's paper, I put the need level at zero. A goose egg. I mean, all 10 guys they have right now were... Ten guys they had last year under contract. Tyree Imagine, Cleveland. Yeah, Cleveland in there, that's, too. That's, that's, that's what's going to be interesting. Is Throughout last year, they had five five receivers active on game day. Now you get Sutton, Judy, Hamler, Patrick, top four. Deontay Spencer is your kick returner. He's going to be active. Tyree Cleveland is a core special teamer. So maybe you go with six active receivers and maybe one fewer tight end. And Deshaun Hamilton becomes trade bait. And I was just going there. Right now, he doesn't have a spot on this roster. No and way, yeah. I think, you know, as you get into day three, hey, will somebody give up a seventh for him? You take it and say, hey, Deshaun, you got one other left on your deal with the new team. See if you can carve out a niche there.
0: Jamar Chase at LSU, he opted out of 2020 but had a monster 2019 with Joe Burrow. And you're to the Tigers national title run. He's the top wideout prospect on most boards and the Alabama duo of Devonta Smith, Heisman winner, and Jalen Waddell up there as well.
1: Yeah, and Chase gonna be the first receiver taken. this guy is a stud. And
0: yeah, I mean he didn't even need to play 2020. He proved it all in 2019. Yeah, Let's just he's, sit he's, out. I mean my work is done. Yeah. <laughs> and he
1: could go, I mean, he could go to Atlanta at four. Um, he doesn't get past Miami at six, I don't think. Then the, the I think the subplot after that is who goes who goes first Waddle or Smith his Alabama teammate to me that's uh what, what kind of ice cream do you like what flavor it's what your fit is you take one or the other so you know this is um, you know if the Broncos are sitting at nine just to wrap up the offense if the Broncos are sitting at nine and the quarterback they want is gone there's gonna, that pick is going to have some value because teams may want to get up to get the third receiver that's on the board right, right. or they want to take the second offensive tackle that's available. So I think, I think that's the most likely case is, is, is they do move down if they don't, if they don't find a way to get Justin Fields.
0: Fall our coverage, on draft weekend at denverpost.com broncos again this has been ryan o'halloran alongside kyle newman appreciate you guys tuning in to today's show and check back here later this week for more draft pods including some draft reaction pods after the draft goes down denverpost.com broncos thanks for listening in folks and until next time take it easy